We want to welcome you to River Valley Christian Church, and we want to welcome you to the week devoted to God. It's great to devote some things to God, and we're so pleased that you've taken this time to come and make an effort to put forth the effort to put God first place in your life. To start your year off hearing from God. You know, God always, ex- he, he'll extend an invitation for whoever wills. And the invitation this week is to come. And as you come, and as you come in faith, believing God, we believe that he'll minister to you and speak to you. And it'll make a tremendous difference in your life. So we're so glad that you're here this evening. In just a few moments here, we're going to start the service, but uh, we want to acknowledge if there's any visitors in the room, if there's any visitors in the room, would you raise your hand? We want to acknowledge you right here on the front row. Anyone else? Let's give them a big round of applause. So glad you guys are here tonight. A couple of things here um, um, this evening. We have Pastor Peter is going to be speaking here in just a few moments, and so we'll have praise and worship and um, uh, beforehand. And uh, I just want you to do this. You know, in in our lives, we can have a lot of things going on. Um, there can be a lot of cares or concerns or thoughts about tomorrow or what you've been going through here recently. I want you to make a decision right now that you're going to lay all those things aside. You know, the Bible teaches us that we're to cast our cares over on the Lord. God can take care of things for you while you're worshiping him. How many of you know that? And he can take care of things while you're sleeping at night. So there's no use you staying up all night, right? But when you have cares and worries and anxieties and concerns, It makes it difficult sometimes to hear from God. So before we start the service, we just want you to cast all that aside and give it to him. So find two or three people around you and say, give it to him. Give it to him. Amen. All right. And now that you've given it to him, leave it with him. (laughs) Don't go pick that up. Just leave it with him and let him take care of it. Amen. And it'll work well for you. So why don't we all stand? Praise God. Turn around, greet two or three people, and then we'll get going. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get going here. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this appointment with you. Thank you for this time in your presence tonight. And Father, we open our hearts to you this evening. We open our hearts in worship and praise, and we give you permission to speak to us tonight, to talk to us. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that helps us to receive 
all that you would have for us tonight. We consider this time to be a blessed time in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you are holy. You are worthy of praise. Lord, we just fix our eyes on the high calling that, that you called us to, to run the race. We just look on to you, Jesus, the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy of our lives. And we just lay it all down at your altar tonight. Thank you, Lord, that there are callings tonight. There are people being called. Lord, I just thank you that we hear your voice. And you speak to us tonight, Holy Spirit. You lead us and you guide us. You walk beside us. And we will see it through. Everything that you called us to, we will see it through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. There's a, there's a lot more of you here tonight than I thought it would be. So it's, it's been, what, two nights so far? or Well, this is the third night. But why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them that you're proud of them that they came tonight. I mean, you guys are fanatics. Now... Um, let me just acknowledge this. How many, who was here Sunday night? Raise your hand if you were here Sunday night. Wow, look at that. Okay, so that is extra special. Um, if you're a visitor here, I'll just let me tell you that Sunday night was the Packers-Vikings game, okay? That's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of another religion around here. Like, let me uh, define it this way, like, I guess technically both are religions. Vikings would be more of an orthodox, old, dying religion. <laughs> and that, uh, the Packers is like a spirit-filled, well and alive kind of a religion. Now, if you're a Viking fan and you were here Sunday night, you clearly listened to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because you chose the right thing. I mean, you did not miss out at all. Now, if you're a Packer fan and you weren't here, um, and I'm not going to name names, but Shiloh, uh, <laughs> I, I would, we need to pray for those of you who decided to watch the game instead of coming here on a week or tonight. I mean, the Packers used to be an idol in my life, and then I got set free, and, and I, I was here for the record. I was in the back, but I, I was here. I may have had the score up on my phone, but that, by the way, since it's confession time. All right, anyways, so Sunday night, um, we had an awesome service, and it was different, amen? And, and uh, that actually kind of leads into where I'm going tonight, but it was different. And, you know, I, 
I realize I catch myself that I don't like different uh, some often. And I say that because, like, for instance, I was working in, in the back with the guys with the video and, and, the, and the sound. And, and, like, when something is different, that's, like, our biggest fear back there. That means something is not going the way we planned it was going, you know, the way we set things up. Um, and, 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 and that can be frustrating. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I was actually pretty frustrated with certain things. Um, and, you know, the, the, the sound levels were just all over the place and, and, I, and I get worked up. But, but the Holy Spirit really, you know, spoke to me and convicted me that different is, is, is not bad. Amen? Like, different is, is good. And actually, different, sometimes things need to be different. Amen? Amen. So I want to, well, let me just say this. And then obviously um, the, the following night, uh, Pastor Nathaniel uh, was ministering. And, um, and at the end, there was uh, ministry time uh, by the pastors and the church leaders. And it was awesome. And, um, and that was different, too, from the night before. And I just feel like tonight is going to be also different. So, so uh, we'll see what uh, uh, direction the Holy Spirit is leading us. And, and really, I just want to start out by, by saying this. I want to actually honor uh, Pastor Jonah Fetzer because, because he did, um, he, he, he may, um, how do I say this? Like he may not have been the most well-spoken preacher that you have ever heard, but something that Jonah always encouraged me with uh, was that he would always listen to the Holy Spirit. And, and he was so bold in, in um, not just doing something that he planned, but also stepping out in faith and, and going and asking the Spirit, Lord, is there something else you want me to do here tonight? And just like at worship, like sometimes that takes time. Sometimes that takes time, not because God is, is delayed, but because we, we need to hear. And sometimes it takes for me to hear. Amen? And I just, so this one story about Pastor Jonah just came to me as I was preparing. And this happened, I, uh, well, it had to be two years ago. Uh, my wife was pregnant uh, with her first baby. And I think the church just kind of found out that my wife was pregnant and, you know, everybody was congratulating us and, and, and telling us, oh, how exciting, how, you know, this and that. And then Pastor Jonah was ministering, I think, the following Sunday or that Sunday. And, and it was exactly one of those services where he shared something. And at the end, he goes, Lord, what else am I supposed to do here tonight? And he was just walking up and down. And, and he started uh, prophesying. He started prophesying over certain people. Um, and I was in the back and, and he looks at me and, and he goes, Peter, uh, change is coming to your life. And everybody giggled because, duh, like, could, could it not be more obvious, uh, than that? But what was funny, and I talked to my wife afterwards that, uh, nobody, like very little people knew, uh, what he was well, he, he probably didn't even know what he was saying, to be honest. But in the spirit, I, there was something else in my life that he really spoke to. Like that word just was a very simple word, but it spoke to, to my heart. 
Exactly. And, and um, I think I'm reminded of that because I have two points that I'm going to make tonight. And I'm really trying to, not speaking for long because I feel like we're supposed to do something different. Uh, but, I, but change, change is coming, is, is what's the word. And I just felt that very strongly for tonight as a word for us as a congregation, that there's change coming. Um, so I, I say all that because I really, I, I also want to just honor all the RVFM churches and, and their pastors because, you know, our heart, if you know this church, and I, I really appreciate this church, that, you know, it's easy for us to pre-plan something and, and run a program. And there are not many churches where when you pre-plan something, especially to the last second, it leaves very little room for the Holy Spirit to move. And again, I was meditating on this, and it's funny because ever since Sunday morning, there, it seems to be that there's this theme uh, of going into the deep. Um, if you were here Sunday morning, uh, that swimming out uh, to the deep. And I, I've been meditating on that ever since Sunday and I was thinking, like, well, why, like, yes, John shared that point Sunday morning, like, but I'm like, why do I want to go to the deep? You know, like, I don't, I don't, it's uncomfortable there. Like, I don't need to go to the deep. If I just want to cool myself off, I can just stay in the shallows. And but I don't know what's in the deep. Who, and I don't like when things are not planned. I don't like things when things are mysterious or I don't know what's under me, you know, like, so I'm like, why would I want to go there? And, and we were in prayer time, I think it was uh, Monday, and, and somebody said, well, the big fish is in the, in the deep, and, and the big catch, therefore, is, is in the deep. Um, so I, again, I've just been meditating on that, that, you know, it's as a, as a church leader or a pastor, uh, it's like you're a captain of a boat, you know, and I, I even had this, just this picture came to me as I was preparing that, you know, like going to the deep is like extremely risky, like, because you don't know what's out there. Plus, you don't know what the weather condition could turn on you in a second and, and, and things like that. Uh, so, you know, as a captain of a ship, steering a boat towards the deep is, 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 is dangerous and, and, and scary especially to the captain of the ship, because the captain is responsible for, you know, everyone on board in, in some sense. So that is why, you know, many churches, unfortunately, today, they don't follow the Holy Spirit. Um, not in their own, maybe not in their personal life, but as far as the church service goes, because it's easier to pre-plan something. It's easier for me to prepare a sermon. It's easier for me to pre-package something and serve it to you the way I planned it versus listening to God, you know, on the, on the spot. Uh, but praise God for our VFM churches, that this is, this is what we believe. Like, this is why we gather. We don't gather to run a program. We gather to seek God corporately. Amen? Amen. All right, that, that was just my little vent to start with. Let's put it that way. Open your Bible at uh, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, 
verse, I'm going to start reading from verse 14. Isaiah 43, verse 14. And I'm going to try to read it very carefully so I don't accidentally mispronounce something. <laughs> That's an inside joke for those of you who were here for the Christmas Eve service. Isaiah 43, verse 14 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and will bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans into the, into the ships in which they, they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Did you catch that? Who brings, forth the ch who brings forth the chariots and the horse, the army and the mighty men? They will lay down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Do not call to mind the former things. And here's, here's where I really want to zoom in on. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new, or I'm doing a new thing, as other translation says. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people the people whom i whom i formed myself for myself will declare my praise amen you know that that uh word a new thing or uh in verse um 18 um sorry 19 Behold, it says, I will do something new. You know, I, I kind of looked that up in the Blue Letter Bible, and surprise, surprise, new means something new. It, it, means, it means something fresh. Uh, but, you know, the Blue Letter Bible gives you, like, other places where it was used. And, and lots of places where it's used, what I noticed was, like, when there is a new king, for instance, in the Old Testament, it's the, same, it's the same Hebrew word. And I thought of that, you know, it's like a new king, it's like a representation of a, of a new leadership or a new, uh, a new direction. So, again, we're believing that God is doing something, something new. And the word that I've been hearing... <laughs> Uh, and Debbie, you're gonna hate me for this. That, and I already kind of said it, but that the word that the Lord has been speaking to me is there's change coming, amen. That there's change coming. So my question to you is: Are you are you ready for change? You know, one story that came to me from the Bible, uh, what I would call the biggest uh, narrative change. Uh, it's like a good old action movie with a double uh, twist. What's it called? Plot twist. Plot double plot twist. Um, it was nothing less than the disciples of Jesus Christ. 
let me just, without going there, because again, I don't want to preach wrong, without scripture, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But think about this. Think about the disciples of Jesus Christ. Where did they come from? We all know they were fishermen or uneducated, or maybe some of them were educated. But for the most part, they were just doing their own thing, probably living their lives as an everyday um, good Israelite or, or, or mediocre. Maybe probably most of them like a good mediocre one, right? Like think of Peter, for instance. Like Jesus approaches him and says, you know, I chose you. Come, come follow me. I called you. And what is Peter's reaction? He says, he says, depart from me, Lord, for I'm, I'm a sinner, right? So we see that. Then what, what happens? Okay, Jesus, or Peter gets on board. All the other disciples get on board with Jesus' ministry. And, and what we see is they're they actually starting to, you know, really step into their calling. Jesus actually gives them power to go out and heal the sick, and and heal um, and heal the sick, and, and deliver people, and they walk, start walking in the power of God. And you know, just like us, I, I would, and that's is where I'm going with it. As for an example, you know, if you can relate with your you coming to Christ and being a Christian, it's like it's like a season in life. Like God is doing something, we're following it. It's 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 going great, right? So from there, uh, you. It's so interesting to me. You see, like almost like a mind shift change where the disciples are like, Yeah, like I like where this is going. Like, Jesus, we're on board. And and they start almost like imagining the their own narrative. And I wouldn't even say I don't even blame them. They don't even imagine it. They look at the scripture, they see that it's the Messiah and it's gonna come and, and overthrow, you know, this higher authority, thinking the Romans. So they're like this is sweet, Jesus. We are on board. Like, I like where this ministry is going. And almost to the point where, you know, I wrote down a couple of scriptures where at one point Peter talks to Jesus and says, um, Lord, we, look, we have left everything behind. Family, friends, houses. What do we get? And then Jesus says, I'll tell you, you get all of that stuff back and you're going to be judging the 12 tribes of Israel with me, sitting with me on my throne. And I can just see their reaction being like, that's right. We're, 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 we are, this is, yeah, this is totally happening. You know, like, and then it almost like confirms the narrative in their head. Like, yep, that's exactly what I signed up for. Uh, put my name down twice. I'll have seconds. <laughs> right? And then, now listen to this. Uh, this was interesting to me as I was researching it. They even get into arguments among themselves. Like, who's going to be the greatest? Is it you, me? Uh, is it the sons of Z Z Zebedee or Zebedee who was like, this, am I sitting on your right and am I sitting on your left? And actually, it's recorded in three Gospels out of the four where they have that argument. Like, Lord, or they ask, Lord, who is the greatest amongst us? Like, come on. Like, it, surely it is, it is me, right? So, so okay, you, you, you see where the narrative is going. And then, you know, Jesus is telling them, guys, there's a little plot twist here. Like, I'm going to die, and then you guys are going to scatter. And, and he, he starts giving them hints, like, but I have a plan, like how my church is going to move, how Christianity will move forward through you guys. And they miss all that, right? Like, it's just like, like a wall. They're still arguing, like, well, who's, who's going to be the greatest, right? Like, who's sitting on his left? And even to the point, you know, as I was thinking about it, when, when Jesus was being, um, 
or it was uh, the Last Supper, and he tells them now plainly again, I'm going to go and be crucified by the Romans. Well, by the chief priest and with the help of the Romans. And then, well, one Peter many times, or Peter tells him, you know, no, 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 that surely cannot happen. We know that. But if you look at it, it says Judas, not the bad one, the good one. It says there, Judas says, Lord, how is that that you want to reveal yourself, like you reveal yourself to us, but, but not to the world? Or there, there's a line uh, in there, trust me, trust me. You can look it up later. <laughs> it says, how is that, that you, you're not going to reveal yourself to the world, right? Like they, they got, we got the narrative down. Like we know you're going to overthrow the Romans and we're going to be judging with you the, the 12 tribes and, you know, the, all the jazz. And, and we know this, all know the story where it goes from there. You know, Jesus Christ crucified. Everybody is like cowardly, scatters, and, and they run for their own lives, right? And again, double plot uh, twist. Then we know the Holy Spirit comes, right? And here's where I'm going with this. So the Holy Spirit comes. We see Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, a brand new preacher, uh, preaches an awesome sermon. People are being saved. The church starts. Things are growing. It, things are going well as they should. Uh, I, they probably thinking, okay, we missed it the first time. Like that's, there was change. That's not, it didn't go the way we planned. But now that Jesus left, you know, the Holy Spirit, the power is in us. Not, you know, all these Jewish believers, we all got saved and, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and we're heading in a direction. And, and what happens next? It's persecution, but before, Peter goes to the, they start going to the Gentiles. Well, after the persecution, they start going to the Gentiles, and Peter is in unbelief that the Gentiles are being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, again, like, this is not how I, he's probably thinking, well, that's not how we picture church. We didn't, we didn't think, you know, we, we're cool with the Jewish believers being filled with the Holy Spirit, but the Gentiles, the Romans, the ones who crucified Christ, like total, total narrative shift, change. And then, you know, I mean, we, we know where we are today, you know, in history where, you know, it's almost like a... It's like an albino deer when you see a, a Jewish believer, you know, like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're Jewish and you're a believer. And here we are, all of us are Gentiles, uh, except me. I may actually have some Jewish heritage, but that's a sign out. My <laughs> great-grandmother was from Poland. Um, I can't prove it totally, but anyways. Um, but you, you, you get what I'm saying, change, like change in the church, change in ministry change are you are you ready for change or let me ask you this question like are you slow to change and and here's my next point with this you know as i was meditating on this did you know that in in history if you look at history and i, I love history the people who were slow to change who were slow to move usually how do i say this nicely got screwed over the most and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I mean, I can, I can tell you so many examples. Like, I could really, like, preach a Sunday message on this. But, no, I'm, I'm, and I'm fully serious. Like, listen to this. Uh, when we were in Germany, um, 
we went to, or I don't know, maybe that was another trip, but we went to Auschwitz one of those times. I don't know if you would. Or yeah, we were in Poland and we went over. Oh yeah, Auschwitz is in Poland. Ah. Okay, I'm good at geography, by the way. Like, <laughs> I like history. Whatever. So yeah, we went to Auschwitz and I, I knew, I actually, I think I knew this before, but being there, it was definitely more in your face. But guess what uh, nationality, uh, like, you know, a lot of Jews died in Auschwitz, but what nationality is the highest? And Brian, you can't guess. Uh, what nationality was, what nationality of Jews that are the highest that, that got executed in, in Auschwitz? They were Hungarian. And, and you know what the reason for that is? Hungary didn't give up their Jews uh, t um, till the end, towards the end of the war. Like they really, they, you know, Hitler was demanding to, you know, all the Jews to be put on train and, and head to the death camps, especially as the war escalated towards the end. But Hung and Hungary was d disobeying Hitler for the longest and held on to the Jews till they couldn't no more. And then, and then all those Hungarian Jews, they didn't go to the work camps. They went straight to the, most of them went straight to the death camps. And there's, there's, a, there's a movie called the Piani, Pian, uh, no, Pianist, Pianist. Is that, I said, yeah, Pianist. The guy who plays the piano, okay? Who is, is that Pianist? Hey, I don't know. Has anyone ever seen that movie? Just raise your hand. Uh, it's, I think it's actually on Netflix uh, right now. Uh, I've seen it many times, but you can see this. It shows the life of a Jewish family in Poland at the time. And it's so sad, the whole movie. The, the saddest part is that, is that they, like, they, they, they just don't believe that like, things will get worse, essentially what it is. Let, let me say it another way. They, there's a major change going on in world order, world order at the time, right? The Nazis are in power. And they are, they are like, they're used to their lives the way it is. And they said, well, it's getting worse. You know, we got to wear the badge that we're Jews. We, gotta, we can't walk on the streets. We got to walk in the gutters. But it, it's not going to get any worse than this. Like, it's not, it surely won't, you know, it surely, ah, the death camps, those are just like myths. Like, that's made up stuff. And it gets worse and worse. And, and what it is, is people who resisted the change, who resisted to realize that there's a change happening in the world order and the way things are going, and stayed, they were the ones who, who got executed. They were the ones who died out. And, and I just think of that as, as a powerful lesson for myself, you know, that as a human nature, we, we want to resist change, you know. But think about, okay, maybe this is a morbid example, but think about the Jews who were the quickest to realize the change happening at the time. They moved to America. They probably were some of the wealthiest people today. At the time, uh, America was accepting refugees, especially Jews, and, and lots of them became very extremely wealthy businessmen today. Uh, but the ones who resisted the change, they, they even, or if they're alive today, they got a story to tell, and it's not a good one. So my question to you today is, you know, are you, are we, am I slow to change? You know, look into your heart. It's like, or are you willing to change? Because, again, what I'm feeling in my heart is there's change coming. Amen? Okay. And then the last thing that I want to share with you 
is, is this. You know, we talk about the word revival. And Elizabeth Logan, uh, I don't know if she's here tonight, but she, she came up and shared the word on Sunday night, it was? Sunday night. Uh, she shared a, a word, um, and when she spoke, uh, the Lord really spoke to my heart, something that I, I've never even thought of before. And basically what, what she said is just, well, <laughs> I don't remember bits and pieces, but, but it was life-changing. <laughs> That's a joke. The part, that, the, the part that she said that just really uh, stood out to me was, you know, revival is not just for the unbeliever. And when she said that, it just really spoke to me because in my head, I always think of as, you know, here we are, we meet, you know, we're a church, we're, we're well-educated Christians, um, and the word needs revival. Lord, wake them up and bring them in here. You know, that's, that's, that's how I think of revival. When we have revival, that means we're packed out because all those unbelievers are coming in here to get saved. That's how I think of revival. But what she said what the Lord said through her was, um, revival is not just for the unbeliever, it's for the believer as well. And I just really started meditating on that to the point where I was like, Lord, like you got to speak to me. So I just did like a super brief research. And you know what I realized? The word revival is actually not really even in the Bible. There's no, no such word as, as revival. The closest that, I, could, that I, I was able to find was something in Ezra. Ezra 9.9, it says, For we are slaves, yet in our... For we are... We, worse, no, we are slaves, yet in our bondage, or God has not forsaken us, but has extended loving kindness to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us reviving or to give us revival, to raise up the house of our God, to restore it ruins and to give, a, give us a wall in Judea and Jerusalem. So the word revival, you know, as I look, try to look up some worldly definition, it just literally means preservation of life sustenance or nourishment and quickening or bringing to life of the flesh raising back to life or as in this scripture the restoring of the ruins you know where am i going with this you know what i realized like i need revival like i need revival in my christian walk i need nourishment i need to be quickened and, and brought to life in my walk with the Lord. And here's the thing. You know, Pastor John said this uh, many times, um, that he said that God told him, you know, with the vision in the valley, what we're believing for, for revival and the planting of the churches, he says, God told him that you're not supposed to uh, start the revival. You're supposed to get ready for it. And I, and again, I, as I was thinking about this, it just really came up in my heart. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And this is what came to me. Well, whether you like it or not, revival starts with you. 
Like it, it starts in you. Yes, it's for the world, you know, and for the unbelievers, but really revival starts with you. You know what Pastor John is doing is he's, you know, with the help of RVFM, he's planting churches. But really, if you ask him, why are you planting churches? His answer is to raise up the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the heart behind it. But it's really, and I, ha I hate to say it this way, but you just can't be a spectator. You can't be a spectator anymore. Revival starts in you. Now, I, I want the worship team to come on back up. As, as we move into this next section of our evening, I just want to say this, that if I'll be here and I'm, I'm willing to pray for you, okay? If, what I, if I spoke something that like really struck a chord in your heart, that was probably because the Holy Spirit was highlighting something. You know, maybe that was about the change. Or maybe if you're feeling like, man, I need revival. And I know I, I, I felt that way in my life many times where it's like, Lord, I just feel like this picture of, of walking in the mud. Like, like my, my uh, feet is just heavy and heavier the, you know, the, the more I, I step forward. And I just don't feel like my Christian uh, walk with you is not, not that you know, I lost my salvation or anything, but it just feels heavy and without life and if you need revival i'm i'm more than willing if you need reviving i'm more than willing to pray for you you know if you're if you're struggling with depression you know i think it's just an depression is just an ugly enemy of revival uh, and what you need is reviving in your heart to get out of that i'm more than willing to be up here and you come up and i'll i'll pray for you okay however this is really where i wanted to head during the next song or two, like I said, revival starts with you, whether you like it or not. You know, we always have this idea of, of ministry that, oh, there is a pastor of someone up front and, and they wave their hands over the sick and they minister and then, whoa, everything is, is great. But really, I truly believe in these end times that you and I are called to, like this last revival before Jesus returns will be different than all the other revivals we have seen in church history. It will be one where, like back in the book of Acts, where the believers are just going out and they are, God is moving mightily through the average believer. And what's been on my heart for tonight is during the next songs, as we stand on our feet, and yeah, why don't you guys all stand on your feet? Just take a, a little time and pray. And, and look, you can look around the room, but I feel like you are supposed to minister over someone. And this is not a, oh, you know, I want to put the pressure back on you, but it's as simple as the Holy Spirit wants to use you. And you know why the Holy Spirit wants to use you? <laughs> it's not even because of you. It's because of that other person probably needs something. And the Holy Spirit is just that loving that He will speak something to you or hard to share with that other person. If you feel like you're not revived on the inside of you, this is actually, this is kind of my philosophy in life. You know, if I feel like I'm lacking, I mean, 
my philosophy, it's the Bible's philosophy. If you're lacking in something, you're supposed to sow. If you feel like you're lacking a word or something in your life, revival, go sow it into someone else's. Go ask the Lord, take the focus off of your life and ask the Lord, Lord, is there something for somebody else here? And you know what? They'll, that will revive you. I'm telling you, there's no better revival feeling when the Lord is using you. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you share something with someone and, 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 and that does something in their life. There's no better revival than that. And I feel like that's exactly what we're supposed to do tonight. Amen. So just take a couple of minutes, you know, in the next song. Close your eyes, just pray. Maybe the, you'll get a name. Or maybe you just look around the room and you see someone and it's it's I'm not even saying you got to go over to them and you know read their mail and prophesy it may just be like hey can I pray for you can I bless you it could be as simple as that but just listen to the Holy Spirit and let him flow through you amen I just feel the Holy Spirit or not there's just somebody here maybe more than one that you're struggling to sing those words, those words that I surrender all, the words that I want to know you, and I want to know you the depths of your love. You're struggling with that for whatever reason. It's time to be free of that, right? Here's what you gotta do. Jump off the cliff in the water. Jump into the sea. Jump into the ocean. Because there's no turning back once you jump off that cliff. It, once you make that decision, you'll never regret it. Your life will change from that instance. If you want, I can push you off the cliff, but I don't want to do that. I want you to jump by yourself. If that's you, raise your hand. We want to come pray with you. Anybody else? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands and worship Him for a second. Oh, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for reviving your people. Thank you for visiting your people. Thank you for times of refreshing that comes from your presence. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. Thank you for the new. We'll embrace the new. We'll embrace the change. And we'll give you glory and honor and praise. We worship you and we thank you for this time in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, Many times we're looking for someone else to start a revival, but revival does start with us. Amen. 
the fire's been lit, so carry the torch. Amen? And take revival to someone else and light them up. <laughs> and it'll be good.